Hello everyone, welcome again to another episode of Public Discourse. My name is Sancho Asinto, I'm one of your hosts. Uh, today we actually a very special episode. I always say our episodes are special, but this is extra special because it's very unique and it's our very first episode where we have two guests. Right, so we've never done two guests before, and we've been doing this since 2020. So four years now. Also, Happy New Year, by the way. It's 2024. This is the first podcast of 2024. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, we haven't uh, recorded an episode in a while. We've been busy in real life. This is a hobby, but hey, we're back. So right now, I want to introduce a good friend of mine first. Uh, his name is Eugene. He grew up in Russia. He has been living in the United States since 2010. He enjoys traveling hanging out with friends, and trying new foods. He currently resides in Virginia. Uh, so Eugene, you want to talk more about yourself? Hey guys, hey everybody. This is actually my first podcast. Um, as I told them to my, you know, to my friends here before, they're about to take my virginity. I think Damn, they already did, and it wasn't painful. We're enjoying it. <laughs> no, yeah. We don't make it painful. Yeah, don't know. It feels good, not going to lie. But um, yeah, so um, I've been living here in the U.S. since 2010, so it's been more than 13 years. And as far as, you know, going out, I like, I like spend time with my friends, like traveling. I, I'm a big cruise guy. I've been on more than a dozen cruises and I'm going on one real soon. But yeah, I'm excited to discuss a couple of great things here and I look forward to meeting you all sometime in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Eugene. And I can attest to his love for cruises. I've seen a lot of his Instagram stories and liked a lot of them. Uh, it's really fun. Eugene's a fun guy. So our next guest is actually uh, one of his closest friends as well. His name is Dallaire. He is a software engineer living in Washington, D.C. He was born and raised in Tajikistan. He moved to the U.S. in 2012 and since has been enjoying the fruits of the American dream. Uh, so Dallaire, you want to talk more about yourself? Hi, everybody. Yes, I still remember the day when Eugene and I met at the bus stop in 2013 in January and we became best friends. Uh, so yeah, I moved to the U.S. in September of 2011, and since then I've been trying my best to, you know, follow the American dream, try to do my, uh, try to support my parents and everybody around me. And uh, once I got that done, I started uh, dating, and I have a lot to say about that. Just like my friend nearby, uh, I think we have a lot to share that is going to be very useful and very interesting to the public. I definitely yeah. agree. Um, so first of all, let me just say once again, thank you guys for showing up. I know thank we're you. popping your podcast virginity, and I'm happy to be the one to do so. <laughs> so, first question: No, we're no one's doing it. Yeah, yes. you're right. Team effort. Yeah. Team effort. Um, so, just to kind of reiterate <laughs> for our audience: um, Eugene lives in uh, DC. Sorry, Virginia. Eugene lives in Virginia. Delaire lives in DC. And so today we're actually going to be talking about dating as a foreigner and trying to find love in America. Um, so my first question for you guys is, how would you rate your respective dating experiences, one out of ten, and why? I'll start with Delaire. I would rate mine as a seven. Okay. There were a lot of ups and downs, but there are a lot of learning lessons that I got from dating people here, you know. Mm -hmm. American women are definitely different from the women that I used to date back in Tajikistan or in Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, they're more sophisticated, I think, in some ways. The uh, American women. Yeah. Okay. And I'm grateful for that. I got to learn so much, and I'm uh, 
trying to do, do my best to become a, a more attractive male, you know. <laughs> um, in the past, it was like, whatever, I can do whatever I want and girls will like me. Mm -hmm. But here it's like you have to work hard to be attracted, uh, to be attractive to other women. Absolutely. So seven, I think, is a solid one. Okay. It's a solid one. What would you say, Eugene? Um, if it's possible, I would like to give, now, um, after hearing what Dallaire learned, had to say about this and I'm thinking I need to kind of say two numbers if you guys don't mind. Okay. I yeah, think yeah. Um, I would say it's either six or seven for women that I find attractive. Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, I'm thinking of them as more like a short term <clears throat> flame. Mm -hmm. I would say six or seven. But if, if it comes down to, you know, you know, thinking about women as someone hey want to spend more than just a couple of you know weeks with them, or, you know, thinking more, more long term, in terms of dating to marry or someone that I really like, I would say it's like it's a two out of ten. Two out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Be let me just. That's a very failing score. Let me just make sure I'm understanding this. You're finding a lot of women who you can have sex with, but you are finding very little women who you think is a long term potential. Right. That's what I'm just trying to say. That's why I gave it to two because you know, in the past six or seven mm -hmm. years I met you know out of dozens maybe one or two who would kind of fit that criteria and some, you know sometimes I'm thinking maybe my standards are too high but honestly I don't think so but maybe we can kind of discuss it further now do you guys think the fact that you guys are foreign do you think do you think that has held you back you think that's helped what would you guys say on that I th uh, is it cool yeah, yeah well uh, I think Eugene could agree with me on this, but overall, I think it does have more downsides than upsides. Interesting. Uh, because you know there was a few, there were a few times where you match with a girl on Hinge or whatever. I use Hinge primarily, mm -hmm. and uh, so. then then we uh, have a phone call afterwards. We don't even have a FaceTime, so she doesn't even see me, and uh, we have a phone call, we chat, and I think the conversation went well. Mm -hmm. uh, but eventually, I, I noticed that the woman's starts having less interest so i assume sometimes my assumption is it's it, it's my accent you know because my i think my voice is okay it's not that bad but my maybe an accent that i have kind of creates this idea of uh you know distance between both of us because it's uh, not they probably don't feel like oh this guy is not one of our own or mm. this guy is just mm. different he uh, we're not gonna vibe as they describe it, yeah. you know, because vibe is important. Can I? I want to hear your answer, Eugene, but I want to just mm -hmm. dig a little bit on that because yeah. I find that so interesting. Yeah. The reason why I find that interesting specifically is because I think about uh, DC, where your uh, where your dating pool is. DC is so international, especially for the DMV mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So, do you find that you feel that feeling of he's not one of us? Do you feel that from American women? Or do you feel that from women, like in general? Does that make sense? That's, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. I, do you feel that? That's like, a good question. Yeah. yeah. I think um, it's tough to, you know, it's tough to answer this because sometimes there are women from our countries, like Russia or could be Tajikistan or Uzbekistan, when they come here, they uh, they like they switch. You know, their mindset changes a lot, and they become like, oh, I'm an American now, so mm -hmm. I can do I, I can date Americans. I don't have to care about people uh, or guys who are from the same country as me. I just want to explore something new. You know, mm -hmm. and so when you don't fit into in this category, you kind of have to work with 
like trying to fit in in a way, mm -hmm. you know. So you cannot be yourself all of the time. That's that. That's kind of a downside for me. Uh, but there were upsides too, uh, by the way, Ricardo. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there were times when a woman are interested in your culture and they want to ask more about it, and eventually they be like, "Oh, I'm actually uh, curious to learn more about you and learn more about culture in Russia in Tajikistan." So. It could be an upside as well, but I would say seventy percent of the time, it's a downside. For 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 my from my personal experience, at wow. least. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. yeah. So do we hear Eugene's response? Yeah. kind of went a little tangent here, but yeah. I'll just pay a piggyback for what Daler, you know, just said. I, I I would agree with Daler in my experience as well. When you um, at at first I thought there was just nothing wrong with me, you know, um, you know, we just had a conversation, maybe we just didn't vibe. But now I'm kind of realizing that it's probably my accent, I think. The reason why we have an accent, I think it's kind of more like evolutionary thing. It's, it's, it's not even about you know, racism or anything like that. It's like growing up, growing up, growing up in Russia, um, I've never seen a black person before. I've never seen you know, any other, I don't want to say kind, like any other race. It was all just, you know, just, I don't know, just, just Russians. We also had some people from Kazakhstan, they were like Asian, but they all spoke Russian perfect because they grew up there. So mm -hmm. we pretty much carried the same um, culture within us. And when we had foreigners coming in, they, they were really noticeable and people were interested in them to an extent, but you, that's why you don't see lots of, you know, mixed Russians. You, you see it maybe now in bigger cities where there is more influence, but not anymore. So I think it's kind of an evolutionary perspective where people want to find someone who not only shares their values but also someone like them mm -hmm. um and that's and that's why when 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 i talk about when i talk about dc you see lots of international you know international couples interracial couples we yeah. see you see the whole rainbow but when you look down into the statistics at the end of the day we still marry people who look like us yes mm -hmm. um, uh, <coughs> so you know i think it's i don't know the exact st stats but i think it's 80 percent plus or maybe 70 percent plus pretty much the overwhelming majority will marry someone who look like us and preferably that's probably speak the same language that's cool um, um yeah, yeah. i so thanks for sharing uh Deler and eugene i uh, find those responses very interesting and <laughs> i can relate i married a mexican i'm interracial marriage so i guess i'm in the minority right which you know, that's pretty cool, I think. So, question. I, when you guys were talking, this question just keep popping on my yeah. mind. So, before that, I'm assuming you said Russian and Tajikistan, right? Yeah, correct. Your culture is very similar, right? Yeah. You're very near yeah. each other, same region. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you uh, both expand on what is the differences between your own culture and the American culture? In terms of dating? Yeah, yeah. In terms of dating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what are this like cultural barriers that you're encountered in your yeah. so for instance, dating well, career? So right? for instance, maybe yeah. maybe one of the ways you can think about this question is do you think where you guys are from, is it more of do you guys date with the intention solely of marriage? Is mm -hmm. there an a level of casual dating? Like here in the States, right. if you want to be a casual dater, aka have sex and bounce, you can probably do that for a long time. Is that something you can get away with in the places that you guys are from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? um, um, if you don't mind, I'll just, I'll just kind of... Um, well, first. Um, so, growing up, um, and you know how it's really important to look at your family, how you were brought up. I'm thinking about my family. They were never really dated casually. Mm. It wasn't really acceptable. Um, 
and you know you 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 go out with someone you're you know you know you're going on dates with an intention to get married and that's why they were getting married young they were having big bigger families but as far as I know, I've been talking to some of my friends in the past 10 years, it's been changing. A lot of people becoming more casual. Mm -hmm. They have careers. They just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. Basically, the societal pressure, I think they're pretty much just cutting the West at this point. People just want to have fun. They want to build careers. They're not really interested in settling down so early because, you know, lots of people, you know, have issues as well, even like, in, especially like Russia and the US, they, you know, the average divorce rate is 50% now, even in Russia. So it's definitely changing into worse. Yeah, but uh, um, but I think it's the original culture is pretty traditional. Um, it's like, especially where I grew up, you know, you get married, you find someone, they always tell you, hey, find someone you vibe with, find someone who is your own, who is your own person, because they understand that you're really likely to get along if, if it's someone from your culture, speaks the same language, and kind of, and especially looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to quickly kind of get an attention here. Um, I, you know... You know, I met some people who I thought would be a nice pair for me, but at the end of the day, they, they, they would say, hey, I'm just looking for something casual. I'm not interested in anything. I just want to have oh, wow. fun. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there and like, why not? It seems like you got your shit together. But at the end of the day, you start, start digging, digging deeper. They have another whole set of issues that kind of prohibits them from actually forming a solid relationship, past mm -hmm. traumas and all the other stuff. But, mm -hmm. but that's pretty much, pretty much about Russia, I guess. Okay. What about you, Dilair? What would you say? It's similar to the way Eugene described. I think in Tajikistan, uh, even though arranged marriage is not uh, as prevalent as it used to be, it's still in the works, it's still in the minds of most people. So most people date with an intention of uh, having a long-term relationship and a marriage. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I first moved here, I did have a little bit of a culture shock that it's uh, different, but at the same time, I kind of enjoyed the freedom so-called you could call it freedom of choice and uh, in Tajikistan you know once uh, you um, you meet people through parents so your parents introduce you to this girl and my parents and her parents already know each other so it's kind of more familiar environment where everybody knows each other and uh, it worked out pretty well if we're talking about statistics in Tajikistan the mm -hmm. divorce rate is pretty well mm -hmm compared to here, right. but it's rising and I think it may have to do with the fact that women are now realizing that they have more choice than they used to have. Mm -hmm. So there is internet, there is Instagram, all of this social media that are showing them that, you know, they, if they're in miserable marriages, if these marriages don't work out, then they have a choice of getting out of there, you know, yeah. so that's something that allows them to have more uh, insight and is as to what they can do after mm -hmm. they're married the wrong person right you know right uh but since i moved here i i felt like i learned more about how the dynamic between uh men and women who could have different experiences in their life can combine together and share their values but uh yeah i would say that it's it's still a work in progress for me but i would say i i'm adapted to it at this point mm. yeah. okay so yeah. Uh, follow up with that. Yeah. So thanks for the uh, answers. What do you guys prefer? Yes, your home country. Can be my follow yes, up. your follow up too. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys prefer? The American way with the you said the freedom of choice or the you know you get introduced with your parents and then you get married. You know all those things. It's a more formal dating yeah. stance, I guess. Uh, uh, do you want me? Or do you want? Uh, 
Right. Yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, with um, I think um, if you are growing up and staying where you at, like for example, you are, you know you grew up in Russia and you stay in your you know village in your city, I think it's probably would be preferable to um, uh, to kind of get you know you know start being serious from the beginning, not not no casual stuff. But I feel like since I've experienced since I've experienced that freedom, um, it's you know, I'm gonna be honest, since I experienced that freedom and I got nothing out of it, I feel like maybe, maybe the old ways yeah. are actually good because I remember I've been telling the lady, look, I was like, hey man, I've been always, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, like even when I hang out with these chicks. Um, I mean, I like them to an extent, but I don't see any future with them. So I'm just sitting there and thinking, what am I doing here? Even though I'm supposed to have fun, and they're fun, some of them actually. But it's always in the back of my head, and I'm like, what am I doing here? I would rather just spend my time building it with someone who I see a long-term potential mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. But of course, the appeal of finding someone easy to hang out with or even hook up with is, is very appealing. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're sitting on a dating app and it gets a little lonely and just chilling watching Netflix and somebody just pops up and say, hey, you want to come over? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, you know, you get into your car, you know, just drive, you know, 20, 50, I don't know, whatever it takes <laughs> to get to the point and, you know, you, you, you do the deed um, and then you just drive back home and, and you don't even feel that sense of accomplishment. Because mm. that's very that's very interesting. But I found out you don't feel you accomplished something. First of all, you didn't work hard for it. She wasn't as attractive as you thought she would be. Maybe the pictures were old, or maybe she's just not attractive at all. That's why she gave up so easily, right? Mm. So you don't feel that you accomplished something. You feel like you didn't work for it, and you feel like oh, I just because I feel like at the end of the day, sex is exchange of energy, and people who let you smash like like that so easily they probably have some issues or they going some something's going on in, in life and um, in my experience when i talk to these girls after you know keep, keep it casual you know we just talk about sometimes we talk about deep topics uh 99 of these girls who let me smash or they smash on the first date they have some issues yeah. most of them um, especially in america they are they're taking um, presents they're you know thinking about the ex they pretty much need to heal and they're using mm. hookups as an outlet to just release their negative energy but it, it's not good for you it, it's not good for you I, yeah. you know what yeah. man i That's i'm so true. with you there man i as much as i think as guys we enjoy this idea of having a ton of casual sex in like at least in my experience in my limited experience too by the way but in my limited experience mm. That has never been actually worth it and like worth its time. You know, I've, I've had some experiences with some women who mm -hmm. I feel like I honestly wish I never even met, right? I wish I ghosted them because the experiences ultimately ended up being so awful. But us as guys, it's so interesting that we sit, you know, especially in our early 20s, there's this idea of like now we have all this freedom, we can't settle down with anyone, right? Because we can have sex with whoever. Right. But then we find out that this casual dating scene isn't really what we like. So this is my question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Would you guys, if you had to start over from the scratch, would you guys do an arranged marriage with one person? Or do you guys think you would retry the casual dating scene 
with maybe everything you know now, right? Mm-hmm. All the experiences you have. So you're probably way better at convincing a girl to go back to your place, right? Than you used to be. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But uh, maybe you're better at this casual dating experience. and Or would you go back to how things used to be in that you guys were used to this uh, arranged marriage situation? Mm-hmm. What would you guys do if you were able to restart just at a snap of a finger? That's a good question. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah you uh, do that. I want to hear your thought. Uh, yeah, so I... Unfortunately, I didn't get to experience uh, arranged marriage uh, system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to the U.S. when I was seventeen. Oh, okay. But but uh, after experiencing casual dating and uh, you know meeting people through dating apps and just talking to people, I would still not go back to arranged marriage in my opinion, mm. because there is more control coming from parents rather mm. than yourself. That's true. So you okay, are. Hold on. I, yeah. I just I need to ask this question. Yeah. Only because I think that's a good response. My only, I wouldn't even call this a counter. Just my follow-up is. Yeah, of course. Don't you think your parent would find the best girl for you because they have your best interest in mind? So wouldn't that technically mean that you're probably more likely to meet a woman you find more quality Mm -hmm. than not? That's a good question, Ricardo. Again, not a pushback. I'm just curious. That's a very good point. Uh, So there were moments when my parents were... Like, oh, what do you think about this uh, girl over here? And they, uh, you know, send me a picture and they show me, like, uh, who who this person is and uh, who she knows, you know. And uh, in my from my experience, oh, like all of the girls that they showed me, I just it just didn't click for me, mm. you know. They were hot. Come on, be honest. Yeah. They were no, the, 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 Some of them, oh I swear. <laughs> yeah, some, of them, some of them were pretty hot. I would say. Oh, okay, I would. Okay, I would okay, totally okay. smash. All right. All right. You definitely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would tingle with her dingo. But um, I don't know if it makes any but sense. But I'm waiting for the ring first, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like there are expectations coming from uh, girls there over mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I think it should come from the bottom up. I'm a bottom. I like to be at, I like to be at the bottom, uh, but uh, sometimes at the top too. But like the idea here is that I have to have some feelings, you know, in mm-hmm. order for me yeah. to proceed with the whole, uh, you know, dating and uh, having ha- having this idea that I want to be in a relationship with this person. I have mm-hmm. to meet them. Okay. And you know another thing. Uh, sorry, Eugene, if oh, I'm talking too long. You know no, no, another no. thing is that if this person is from Tajikistan, let's say, uh, first idea is that will she like me because I'm here? I'm from the U.S. Is it because I have American citizenship? Is it is it like oh she has a dream of America, but does she like me as? who I am mm-hmm. rather than she likes the idea of being in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. if I and second of all, like once she moves over here, I would have to, you know, go through this whole process of trying to teach her English, mm-hmm. you know, like trying uh, to help her adapt to this, uh, you know, Western way of life. And once she gets there and there were experiences that I talked about with my friends where they once they move here, they are changing really fast and they become more independent in a sense it could be a good thing but it could also be in a bad thing because they realize that they can do better on their own rather than be rather than be with you you know mm-hmm. they'll be like you know what i have my education i am self-sufficient uh, I, I and i'm not really attracted to you so i don't need you anymore mm-hmm. so what am i here with you for mm-hmm. you know that's messed up and yeah that happens yeah. and that 
uh, that didn't happen to me, but that happened to a few of our uh, friends. Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, Eugene mm -hmm. and I know these friends, and they told us about these experiences, and it's really discouraging for me as well. I can imagine. For both of us, honestly. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, what about you, That's Eugene? a very good point. I just piggyback on that. We have that friend. He pretty much um, he fell in love with her because she was absolutely stunning. There is no way in hell he would find someone like her looks-wise, culture-wise, here in America. Highly unlikely. It's like winning a billion dollars in a lottery. And you, you know you don't win that stuff. It's mm -hmm. easier to get killed by a cow than this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, he paid for her education. She got two master's degrees. He bought her a car. Um, he pretty much did everything for her. Be just because his parents are pretty well off, so they were like, you know, they were willing to help her out. So once, um, you know, you know, once she achieved a six-figure salary, once she realized that she can do better without him, she also had some friends by her side saying, why do you need this guy? He's a loser. And I don't want to say he's a loser. He is a great guy, but maybe she stopped feeling, you know, maybe she was, she hoped to find someone better. Mm. So she left him and they spent... He spent 100k on divorce and she spent $60,000. So they spent so much money, you could probably buy a nice $1 million house without a down payment. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it, I think they got divorced three years ago. And we've seen her on, on a dating app. We've seen her on Bumble, we've seen her on Hinge. Yeah. And she's still single. And they have children. Right? And they, they, they have a child. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Dollar for Yes, they yeah. have a kid together. And she's just milking the guy like, oh, our son needs that, yeah. our son needs that. Well, she's going on these dating apps and, you know, going on dates while this guy is taking their children to hockey games and karate lessons, you know. Uh, and that's how it is. Like, that's that's a real thing. Now, did he get, uh, just to make sure, did he get divorced here in the States? Yeah. He yeah. got divorced here in the States. It sounds like he kind of got a raw deal by the end of it. Yeah. Um he was an arranged marriage, no, right? Actually, with parents? Uh, no, 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 no. no it, um, it, they met. Yeah. He oh, met casually. It was yeah. a full yeah. American yeah. So dating. She was here. Um, she was yeah. here as a student, as a worker on a on a visa, pretty much. Mm. There is no way she she was unless illegally, right? Yeah. So she saw him. Maybe they had some attraction at the beginning. So she took his virginity, mm. and um, and she hooked the guy. Mm. I remember his parents were telling him, "Hey, we don't want her." Because they knew what's up, they, yeah. they knew what's up, and he yeah. was like, "I'm gonna leave that house. You're gonna even if you saw me, I love her." Like, I mean, of course she's hot, yeah. especially if I'm like 20 years old. I'm a virgin, and this really hot chick from my culture <laughs> is like being nice to me. I'd yeah. be like, "Holy fuck!" Especially if someone who's inexperienced mm -hmm. or who hasn't really lived their life. Um, I would probably do the same, maybe on a. But at the end of the day, even though the divorce was brutal, they actually agreed to some pretty terms. They, they're supposed to pay everything 50-50. But since he's a nice guy and he's trying to prove something to her, he pays pretty much 90% everything. It's like, oh, I want to do it for my son. I'm not doing it for her. But I'm like sitting there. I'm like, dude, you just bought a $100 shampoo for her. Like, what are you doing? It's $100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang. This, I mean, dude, I, guys interest me because Seems. they have this sense of like duty. To these relationships, right? And I think that's I think that's noble and I think that's fair in a lot of ways. But then they'll have this sense of duty to what feels like their detriment. Right. If he wants to pay to support his kid, because you said he has kids with this woman, right? If I heard Just that correctly. Yes. So if yeah. he if he pays if he overpays whatever his alimony or child support is to support his kid in some endeavor, 
I got no qualms with that. Is is it? You said he he's trying to prove something. That's, what do you, what do you think he's trying to prove? He wants to get back, and I'm like, he wants it back. Oh, yeah. because mm. okay, I take that back. I take that back. I take everything I said back because that's a totally yeah. different circumstance. But he really loves her. Uh, he okay. really loves her. Yeah, he the dollars. Can you just explain what's going on in his head when he sees yeah. her? Yes, I need yeah. to understand what's, this. Yeah, they're literally fireworks. Like you know, fireworks. <laughs> you know, like, you can see it. <laughs> the way he explains it to us, both of us, is that oh, I need we need to do it for the child. Mm. But the way she uh, treats him and the way she talks to him, anybody with a little bit of reasonable, you know, thought would think, okay, I think she doesn't treat me well. She's disrespectful, and you really need respect from anybody, especially if you're, especially yeah, your wife. If you don't have respect from a woman, then you're nothing to mm -hmm. them. That's I my so. opinion. So. And the way she treats him tells me that the only reason why he wants to, you know, be back with her because he truly loves her. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he loves so her very much. He's a simp. Yeah, he's a. I would say, in our modern terms, you could describe him as a simp. Yes. As, yeah. Definitely. Have you guys tried to talk to this guy and just say, hey, move on? <laughs> no, we, 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 we talked about him, but we cannot be also too harsh on him because yeah. he also went through so much, 10 years of marriage. Oh, and, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's true. And they have a kid together. So for us, it's very hard to be in the same mindset as mm -hmm. him because he went through stuff that we would never imagine to be. I hope yeah. I'm... None of us here would ever go through yeah. this, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I remember that. No, no, it's yeah. tough. Imagine being with someone for 10 yeah. years, and then she serves you papers. Here's the funny story. She was like, she asked him, hey, what do you want for your birthday? And, you know, as a man, he was like, hey, I just want you to be happy. Like, you know, it's fine. I don't need anything. Right on his birthday, knock on the door, he gets served papers. Uh, he, he calls his mom and his mom was like, don't beat her up, don't beat her up, don't do anything, don't do anything, don't say anything. It's not about beating her up, right? You don't need to beat her up, but you gotta... Don't slap, the, don't, you, don't, don't you, slap her ceiling, man. Yeah, like, don't <laughs> slap, please. I Listen, the Public Discourse Podcast does not approve beating of women unless they consensually ask for it. What I'm trying to say is I, you gotta have a line. That you draw, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at some point, the question is, where is your self-respect at? And I guess if this person doesn't feel like his sense of self-respect or respect hasn't been breached by this goofy bitch, then how can you be mad at him? But, if, but the point when he does feel that way, then I, I would assume as you guys as friends, you guys are letting her know, like, or you guys are letting him know, yo, she's crossing whatever line you established now. And now she's gone past the point of, I'm not going to say no return, but the point of, like, respect. Like, mm -hmm. okay, this is the thing. And this is the thing about guys. We're not going to listen if we're in love. And I, I'm assuming the same is with women, right? I know a guy who was with a girl he should have broken up with a long time ago. And he was, fur he was furious at one of his male best friends. Because his male best friend could see it coming a mile away, but he never said anything. Mm -hmm. But the point he made was, even if I said something, even if I told you she's bad, she's bad for you for this, 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 this reason, would you listen? My question for you guys is, are you guys at a point now where, you know, and, and to provide some level of context, Delaire has a girl. Is it his girlfriend? Yeah, right now, yes. Okay, she is his girlfriend. 
it, it is very, very recent, so that, that context needs to be there. And and Eugene is very single. Single as a Pringle. Single as a Pringle, Ready baby. to mingle? Ready, Ready to, to mingle, mingle, baby. Always, man. Always. Now, do you guys think... So, I guess it would be the lair. Eugene mm-hmm. comes to you and goes, listen, I've observed this or this behavior, and I think she's a bad girl, and I don't think she's going to be with you long term. Honestly, do you really listen? Or do you go, you know what, my experience is, my experiences have been this, this, or this. I'm going to take this ride and see how long it goes. I think Eugene has been super supportive for me. Like, you know, he I introduced all of the girls that I to him that I thought serious about, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, but to be honest, if there was situation when where I was in love, mm-hmm. I think even if Eugene told me that she's not good for me, I would I would listen. I would mm-hmm. definitely listen. I would be more careful, but I would still try, you know, try to 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 stay with her and be with her, and uh, because I would I would be very um, like my mind would be too foggy for for th- listening to other people. But you know, I went through the experience recently with a ex a girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. in the summer. I, uh, I don't have to tell her her name if she no listens. no never yeah, never, yeah. if never. she listens to it she will understand don't worry about yeah it. yeah it was a really tough breakup we broke up in August last year and mm-hmm. after that experience uh, I would listen to Eugene I would listen to anybody who is close to me because I became kind of like cold blooded in a way I'm not gonna mm-hmm. ever ever let my my feelings go so far that I cannot listen to anybody. Mm. I think anybody who has been in this experience where they my, like mindless, they are not thinking straight, if they've been hurt by this person that they love so much, uh, I think they will get that kind of uh, like protection mechanism where they can protect themselves from falling in love too strongly. You know, I think yeah. I think I think you have to go through this to really yeah. understand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, I want to share, actually, so thanks, Delaire, yeah. Eugene, so I want to share, I mean, I'm married, you know, so I'm, mm-hmm. I finished the dating scene, but I dated a good amount yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just want to share, I had this formula I built where, like, mm-hmm. if you like the girl, tell her, if she doesn't like it, move on, and they yeah, keep going it over, it's yeah, like an yeah. algorithm, but then I also learned that sometimes you like each other, but there are external factors that will not allow it to happen. Yeah. So I've dated a lot of things. And kind of what the uh, sounding off to what you said, Dallaire, yeah. you know, uh, I'm turning 32 now. Oh, you know, I got married at 30. You're not that right? old, bro. Uh, no, I'm Come just on. saying. I'm, I'm giving yeah. a context to the you're, timeline. You're still right? very young. So, yeah. yeah, I'm 30. But I probably start dating around 16. So between oh. 16 until I met my wife. Yeah. Uh, how old was I? 2018. So was that like 27? So 16, 27, I was dating. I was mostly single, 16. And I was always going on dates. I even did the Filipino way of Pandiligao, all that stuff. And in my dating career, what I realized in when I was younger, when I was less experienced, right? I was like that. I was like, oh, I'm in love, you know. Let me, yeah, I was, yeah. I'll show you, I'll give you the world. Let me do all that. But then eventually when I got older, I'm like, fuck this, you know, like I'll just use my brain. You know, and one thing maybe can help both of you is the term that I learned that love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Because feelings come and go. You know what I mean? Like, I learned that, like, I'll give an example. Back in college, in the Philippines, my freshman year, I was so in love with this girl. 
you know she was in my debate team and i didn't even like tell her that i liked her but i just had this feeling because she's so cute and she gave me this feeling you know and then you know long story short basically i told the buddy of mine that i like her and then she he told her and then she kind of like a tournament just ended and she was kind of voicing out really loudly while i was she was behind me that she has a crush on someone else yeah. kind of like rejecting me indirectly oh. so it's kind, it's kind of fucked up because mm. you know i never even get that direct rejection you know what i mean but mm. after that like the feeling was gone because i moved on to the next girl that i had feelings with yes. right so feelings uh, fuck feelings at the end of the day fuck feelings it's really about the choice because you know, like, and that's why I learned later, you know, until I finally met my wife. I dated, you know, I was in a relationship for two years before I met my wife. I was in a relationship for, like, uh, you know, a few before that, too. Maybe I was more successful later in my dating career when I learned to use my brain. I closed out my heart. I was like, fuck my heart. It doesn't exist. It's all about this. Mm-hmm. So I was very logical. I was like, okay, what do I like about this? You know, like, I start strategizing. I start, like, you know, just treating it like a chess game. And then I had more success. So, you know, and then that's when I realized that, yeah, I had feelings, but fuck that. I don't give a shit about that feelings, you know? Like, I got if I choose and I commit, that's when that, that's what love is. Even if, you, mm-hmm. even if you hate that person and coming from experience, I'm a married person for one and a half years now. Mm-hmm. There are days I don't have feelings for my wife and she's annoying me and there's bad things happening, but I still love her because I commit to it. You know, it's, it's like a... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a button that you keep pressing, even though you're getting electrocuted, you still press it. That's what love is. You know, so that's kind of like, I guess, my experience. Kinda, I just reminded that when Dallaire was talking that, yeah, I mean, I hope your friend would listen to this. You can send this link to him. But yeah, I mean, logically, it's all about being rational, in my opinion. Ration, rationally, you can't buy a $100 shampoo <laughs> to a person yes. who's basically yeah. shitting in your face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, like, yeah. and Sancho, I know I don't want to deviate too much from our topic, mm-hmm. but is it cool if we talk a little bit about, like, uh, breakups? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's open yeah. forum. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no deviation because there's no topic, so yeah. go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just... Uh, no, you You're know, the topics. We're on the top. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I think Dalek has a really great perspective on breaks up. I think it would be really, really useful. Like okay. uh, after the last breakup in August, I watched. Sorry, sorry. Can you yeah. get, can you just remind the audience yeah. the yeah, of context course. of that breakup? So what was that yeah. relationship? How long was yeah. it? Yeah. And then uh, how did you guys break up? That's yeah, yeah of I course. Want. I will go through it very quickly. Okay. Uh, good point, Ricardo. Uh, so. We met, I, I mean, I've been using Hinge for anybody, uh, for dating, and uh, and uh, I met this girl in December, was uh, like December of 2022, so okay. time passes by so mm-hmm. fast, and uh, yeah, we had our first date in December, we hooked up on our first date, and since then, she traveled to Mexico and Guatemala, and I kept in touch with her, when she came back, we started, you know, hanging out, dating, and... Uh, it was it was going really well. Uh, she was like super supportive, super kind, and uh, I thought we were very compatible. Uh, but there was no sign as to uh, uh, whether she wants to go serious about this. So I still continued using Hinge because I didn't feel that security and at my heart that she really wants to mm-hmm. be with me long term until maybe June. And in June, 
she kind of showed me those signs, but I didn't really react to them. And she caught me texting other girls uh, early July. Mm. And, uh, and I think she, she got super mad and uh, very frustrated. And uh, for a month, for almost two months, I've been trying to convince her that, you know, we it's going to work out, you know. Uh, uh, like, I, I was telling her maybe she is overreacting. But you know what I some of the things I heard from her are like still hurtful to this day, you know, uh, because when you love someone and they tell you stuff about you, about your character, it really hits your heart. Like one time she told me like, oh, I am controlling or even told me that I'm manipulative, even mm -hmm. though I never thought I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I'm this kind of person who controls other people, you know, no, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so what I was my question my immediate question uh, so I had two questions that come to mind yeah. the first one was how much of that do you think was a response to her unhappiness about where the relationship was so she was trying to either hurt you mm -hmm. or she was just talking That's you know a good do you, how much do you think of that now now when mm -hmm. I ask this question you do have to be realistic with yourself yeah. and ask yourself was I actually manipulative and really be truthful with yourself because yeah. there may have been a real chance where you were. Yeah. Where you maybe promised her a future that you didn't actually believe in. You know, and that is manipulative. Yeah. So do you think um do you think she was being hurtful? Do you think what how much of what she said was truthful versus hurtful versus non productive? That's a very good point, Ricard. I think it was truthful for the most part, in my opinion, too. Mm, okay. That's why it hurt me so much, because I realized that I am, like, not as, you know, good of a person that I thought I was. Mm. And uh, I should change my ways, obviously. That made me shift the way I view things. Mm. And there were parts of it that she was trying to hurt me as well, because mm -hmm. I hurt her. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like response to the... Re reactive response to my my actions that i made and i believe well. that I be, you know and, and it's because yeah. the, you know women are human just like guys are Obviously, which means yeah. when their feelings are hurt they're probably yeah. going to react accordingly yeah now my question is and this is and i want to ask both of you guys this but um when do you think and this is going to be specific for guys I, you know i don't want to ask about women unless we actually have a woman on the podcast when do you think guys are actually ready for marriage? Whether it's an age thing, whether it's a dating uh, thing where they've gone, listen, I've had sex with 50 women. I got to make the next one the real thing, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't like, what do you, in your opinion, what do you, when do you think guys are ready? You know, and I, I'm curious, and I want, I want to ask Eugene first, um, you know. Unless you need more time to think about no, it. No, no, no. I think I'm just going to go ahead and say, as some people like to say, it depends. Yeah. Um, I think it's truly, truly depends. I'll give you a couple of examples. For example, let's say you're coming from a family in mm. the U.S., coming from a culture where, I don't want to say you, you have to get an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. you, you really have to, you know, you have to get, you, ha you don't have, you don't do any casual stuff. And let's say you're pretty successful in life. I think when you're 25 and you're pretty successful, I think that's, and you're pretty actually mature. Um, I think people usually do. If you, you know, if you, if you have a good, you make good money, you're mature. You, you know, you live by yourself. You get 
pretty much all the things that a man is supposed to have, yeah. and you're and you're not really trying to do any casual dating. I think that's that's the time. However, if you use your twenties as a place to grow and explore, maybe you didn't do enough uh, in college, or maybe you didn't do enough during your early twenties, and you're still kind of up and coming, kind of working on yourself. I think it, it's probably gonna be. 30 and up because mm. that's when you usually get your shit together because my recent realization I kind of knew that all alone but my kind of it kind of really hit me hard you really have to be on top of your game you really have to have you know gotta get a good job you gotta get good career perspectives you gotta get it all together because at the end of the day if you want to have a successful marriage your wife is going to look up to you, and you yeah. have to look up to God. But that's the uh, but but that's another another issue. Yeah. Uh, so I would say uh, you don't be, you don't even believe in God, do you? Believe in God because that was I, I thought the uh, same thing, Delaire. Uh, uh, but, but I mean, you know what I mean. Right? Do you, I get what you mean. Eugene, do you believe in God? I think there is something out there. Something out there. So that's I a very that's good. Very I'm, good. I'm with Eugene. Yeah. Listen, my thing Excuse has me. been I don't doubt that there's a God. <laughs> This is totally off topic. <laughs> so we got to go back in. Bro, we got to real ourselves yeah, back I, in. I'll but, say... Uh, but G- I will say... Uh, well, let me just say... Right, say, say, say and, and I'll let you... Yeah. Okay, okay. My thing is this with this whole God thing before we go back to dating, which is the topic. Um, <laughs> I fully believe there's something out there. And if you want to if you want to pray to God, go for it. My thing is I just don't believe God in whatever form that is got enough time for us. There's enough going on or whatever this entity is taking care of, I don't know. If they got enough time for my personal issues yeah. on Earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyways, I'm he's sorry. I'll just say, he's too too uh, I'll say, Jesus is out there. He loves you and he has time for you. <laughs> yeah, he's right there. Jesus, in the words of a cat. He's yeah. watching us right yeah. there. The words of a cat. And Jesus is beautiful. Yeah, so that's he's beautiful. He, he has, he has, he has six pack. Yeah, right there. Six pack abs? Long abs, hair, yeah. nice eyes. I need to know yeah, Jesus' yeah. ab work, workout. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to get a six pack too. It's, it's, by the, the, end it's of the, the year. Mediterranean diet. It's yeah. a Mediterranean yeah. diet? That's yeah. what I do. He, he doesn't even eat, he keeps fasting. Oh, for he fasts 40 for 40 days. days. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I, I need to fast for 40 days. Then I'll have the abs. Um, Delaire, what, so what was your response to that? When is guys, when in your opinion do you think guys are actually ready for marriage? Is it a accomplishment thing? I've had sex with 50 women, now I'm ready for marriage. Is it an age thing? You know, what do you think? I think when they feel like they're lucky to have this woman, you mm. know, it could be any time. Like that's true. It doesn't matter. Twenty two, twenty three, thirty. When they're next to her, and they realize, oh, I'm lucky to have her in my life. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with Deler uh, fully, completely, and I would even piggyback to that saying that. I think a lot, it's American way, a lot of like what you're saying. I want to get my shit together and be ready for this. Mm-hmm. But one thing actually my wife keeps telling me, you guys can go through life together. You can get your shit together at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. She yeah, should yeah, also yeah. feel like she's lucky to have you too. Yeah. It, it should be mutual. Exactly, yeah. 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 I, I believe yeah. in the one. Like, I mean, the one actually, the one can be many ones. But if you find somebody you're very compatible with and just, you know, and... Here's my experience. I mean, I'm married. Uh, I know I have my own love story. But being married, you're kind of hanging out with a lot of married couples more and more. And I'm hearing more love story. And it's pretty consistent with everyone that I know who are happily married. Mm-hmm. They know in like the first 30 minutes of their meeting. It, the just, it, it just clicks mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's the same thing with my wife. Like our first date, it just clicks so hard. And yeah. So like I agree. I, I want to high five you on that answer. I agree with you. Once you just you just meet that person, game over. You know, like you'll be a fool to let her go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's that's a really good point. Maybe it's yeah. just my limited experience where 
maybe maybe you're right maybe i just didn't meet the one yeah. maybe i have too high you know really high standards when i'm looking for someone in particular uh before i even meet them maybe maybe that's the issue maybe it's just my limited experience where i didn't really experience that where i'm like yo like that's it and i and i like it and maybe you will like maybe next week or two weeks uh, from now I you know? never know yeah, i, would, never I know. would love to do i would love to experience that i think Hold it on. would be wonderful but now do you think right now this version of eugene do you think if he found that girl you'd actually settle down with her but you, you see now we're contradicting ourselves because we're talking about the one and going like you know and getting a supportive woman who's going to support you through your journey yeah. You see, you yeah. see that's of course I would, of course I think I would, and I, I, I and I told that to Dallaire when I was nineteen, dating my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm. I told, I was nineteen. I was like, look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's what I'm, I've been saying all along. Because, but I maybe I just didn't have a chance to meet someone. Maybe, yeah, yeah but. If, so, so you see in America, it's like women, they're already educated, they have their own salary, they have a place for the most part. So what they're looking for, they actually becoming maybe more masculine, maybe they think like men, they're thinking with their brain, oh, this guy makes less than I do, why should I be with this particular guy? Mm-hmm. And that's why by 2030, statistically speaking, like real numbers, 50% of women, um, millennials, like 20 to 40, I don't know the exact numbers, 50% by 2030 will be single with cats. Yeah. That's what's happening because not only men are lacking, but also women are not really up there yet. And, you know, like back in the day, there was, it's called hoflation. Mm-hmm. It's like now you have to work two times harder to get a woman who's going to run through, or like, or a woman who had past experiences. And it's like the idea of a man, I think, why men live, I think, if we talk about spiritually, you have a family, they carry your last name, they look up to you, you have your kids they need to feed, you have your wife, might be working, might be not. That's why you wake up every single day to go to work and do shit. That's why all these roads around here, you think people who build it, they're probably married, they probably have a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. And that's why, but once you take away, once you take away women and kids from men, you know, men become drug addicts because yeah. they see no purpose anymore. Like. You know, at the end of the day, if you're more, if you have, you know, lots of testosterone, you're probably thinking, hey, I want to start a family. I want someone to carry my last name. I want to keep that legacy going. And that's the only reason why we live in this house. We talk about the stuff because, you know, men build it for the most part. Yeah. Because I think 85% of construction workers are men. Yeah. So yeah. they wake up every day at six, four to build shit because they need to feed their families. So what, what's going on with that really, really modern feminism? It's like, oh, I didn't know men. Or I'm looking, or I'm just looking for the top 10%. I'm not trying to build with anybody. Because yeah. I've already got my own bag, why should I build? But yeah. now we're just so, getting yeah. into that stuff. The, there, yeah. There's idea, like Eugene uh, touched on this subject, the idea yeah. of hypergamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how it works, especially in dating apps. So like, if you look at uh, who women uh, tend to match with, is at the man with the men who are at the top 10 to 20 percent uh so it's it's really hypergamy plays a very important role in modern dating and i think it's uh well, eugene touched on that a lot and the problem is what what we're, what are we gonna do with the rest of the 90 to 80 percent of guys who yeah. also want to feel love feel connected to women so you know? Like, so my i would i'm gonna call this pushback because i can't think of another word for it so first yeah the yeah. the word hypergamy because I think that's a yeah that's actually a great concept and I think many guys feel this but they don't have a word to attach this to hypergamy from my understanding is this um, desire in women 
to date men who are either on their same level or above them. That's what hypergamy is. So in other words, if you want to be with a woman, you got to have more than what she has, and you got to be more accomplished than what yeah. she is. Mm-hmm. Now, my only pushback to that, and it could just be based on what I'm seeing on social media and not from what I'm seeing from my dating experience, because I will say for me, at 30-year-old, I'm pretty accomplished for where I'm at in that I own my own home, I don't need somebody to help pay my bills, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty accomplished in my work. So I think I have that going for me. I don't know that every 30-year-old man has that going for me. No. But my pushback to that is that it seems to me that what women are really looking for is not a man who necessarily is making six figures and they got everything figured out. But what they really want is a guy who doesn't look at them as their second mom, which is doesn't look at them to clean all the fucking dishes, cook every fucking meal, um, take care of everything around the house, and they could be lazy around the house other than a few, like, mowing the lawn type shit. Like, if you're a competent guy who, even if you're making 50, 60K, which is average, which is even more than average in some cases, mm-hmm. you will have a successful dating life. Have you guys seen otherwise? Have you guys seen anything to kind of contradict this? Because that's what I believe. I believe if you're a competent guy in a lot of ways... And you're self-sustainable in a lot of ways. In other words, you cook for yourself, you clean after your fucking self, you wash your fucking dirty balls, and you fucking (laughs) do something to keep yourself active and actually engage in your community. 90% of women are going to find this type of gentleman attractive. Now, do you guys disagree, or do you guys think you got to be a six-figure motherfucker, you got to have a six-pack ab, and a six-inch penis? Like, do you guys think that latter one... Or do you guys think a lot of guys can aspire for what's relatively normal and have a good dating life? What do you guys think? I'll start with you, Delaire. Right. If you don't have an answer, I'll start with you, Gene. I'm happy with you guys to think about it. A uh, good point that if a person is uh, competent in multiple areas, for example, cooking, you know, like driving well, know how to yeah. parallel park, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, is and he makes enough money to sustain himself. He's going to be able to attract a lot of women, and if he's physically attractive too, I think physical part is very important. We're not gonna touch on a black pill, I suppose. But if you would no, like to look up, here. if you would like to just look up black pill. No, don't look up black pill. Yeah, we're not black pill here. We yeah. don't support that shit. Yeah, it it has some interesting points about mm. uh, like how the man is perceived and. Uh, what you mentioned, Ricardo, being competent in multiple areas yeah. is going to help you. But it, it's going to be a limited still, you know? You like it's, so. uh, it, it, it depends on what your standards are. If your standards are higher than who you actually are, because you... Yes. But when Eugene mentioned standards, yes, you can have standards towards, towards women or towards your friends, guy friends. But you also have to have certain standards to yourself too. Mm-hmm. First, I think you have to achieve the standards that you have towards other people to yourself. Yeah. Because if you are not in the same level of standards that you keep other people to, then you're. I think you're going to be disappointed and a little bit maybe uh, upset and confused because you have to reach certain point of your own standards where you can say that okay I'm on this level and I can put other people to the same level as I am if yeah. they're not in the same level uh, then I can say that they're not I'm not going to date them 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, amazing point. Seriously, like hits. It's like hits the spot. Just <laughs> just like my delicious jerk chicken that I had the other day. Man, <laughs> man, that stuff was really good. But I absolutely agree with Dallaire. Uh, you have to have certain standards for yourself, and then you can say, "Hey, I have this going on for me." And as a guy, I want someone who's kind of gonna match match that, or at least kind of someone who's actually growing, mm-hmm, yeah. who's ready to, to, to grow with me. But also, I don't want to say it's a pushback, but also, um, I'm meeting and I'm hanging out. You know, I'm talking to um, you know I used to to I would say pretty average women. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to you know talk about looks, but they're I would say maybe below average. And they think they can get a guy um, who is much better looking than them. I think some of these women are delusional because they think maybe if they hooked up with some hot guy before they think they deserve that kind of guy. I think women need to adjust their standards as well. Yeah. Uh, because if we see, just like Ricardo said, like decent guy, pretty much whatever you mentioned, house, good job. And you see a woman who is, you know, working part-time job and chilling at, at her parents' house and she's like, oh, I want to get a bad, you know, I want to get a bad boy, I want to get some, you know, whatever. Someone who makes 200K, um, yeah, she probably needs to get checked because the maximum she can get, I mean, honestly, she probably won't even deserve Ricardo because she'll probably need to get someone on her level. Yeah. But but yeah. but they're yeah. always dreaming about this. So that's why they're single. That's why they say, oh, I'm not going to, that's why they just get, Fucked pretty much, right? Yeah. That's why they get fucked, and then they um, take Prozac and all the antidepressants, and they're chilling in their mama's basement and feeling, oh, like what's up with me? And then they get fat because if you think about it, actually, you know, uh, we've seen so many examples. You know, when she's college, she she looks really nice. Once her metabolism slows, she keeps drinking, she keeps popping pills, she keeps getting dick, and by the time she's thirty, she's fucking chubby. You know, she's like, and she's still single because she's just ran through, and we see lots of examples of it so i think it's very important for us guys to get on our game to be yeah. better to always work but also women need to realize yeah. that, that that at the end of the day she's gonna get someone who she truly deserves and it might be someone who won't meet all of the standards and that's what we see especially with women or like single moms women after 30 they try to settle down with someone and they're always unhappy yeah and that's why we kind of need to kind of change that, you know, mindset that we deserve more than we can actually handle. Yes. Yeah. And I agree with that. Women, if you're listening to this and you're wondering why your dating life isn't working the way you want it to, you need to start looking at how men treat you after they have sex with you. Yes. Because exactly. yeah. at that point, yeah. a guy's going to at least be at minimal truthful to you. Yeah. Guys will say anything to get sex. <laughs> Listen, a guy will tell you he's gay if, it, if, if it's going to get him some pussy. Because that's just how guys are. They're, they're, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get some ass. Thanks again, Dallaire. Thanks yeah, again, Eugene. Thank you. Thanks, thank Ricardo. Yeah, uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, so as I say, thanks, everyone. Uh, you can send us an email at publicdiscoursepodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, Eugene is single. If you like what he said in this podcast, feel free to email us and we'll send you his contact information. He's a good-looking <laughs> Russian man. Yeah, he's a, he's a sexy Russian guy. Yeah, it's nice. Very eyes, sexy. Russian nice man. blue eyes. Yeah, Absolutely. and he... Uh, find yeah, him. so his dating experience will turn from a 2 to a 10 if you exactly. <laughs> tweet exactly. somebody. But yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, this first episode with two guests. Have a good night. Have a good afternoon. Have a good morning. 
See y'all. Goodbye. Thank you. Force some guys. All right. Bye bye. It's still force some.